James. Like I said, we've been in this series that we've titled On Mission. Our mission as given to us in the Gospels and even in the book of Acts by Jesus himself is to help people find and follow Jesus. Our church exists for that purpose. Um, If we fail in helping people find and follow Jesus, we have failed in the very reason we exist. We are not a country club. Not against country clubs, but we're not that. We're not a social club. Uh, We don't come for an hour and a half just to say we've been to church. This is a living organism. This is the bride of Christ. And we are intentional in doing what Christ said we should do. And that's preach the gospel to the entire world. To baptize believers. To disciple them. And teach them and assimilate them into the work of the gospel themselves. We started with believe a few weeks ago. Of course, that's the first step that you need to take as a follower of Christ. You need to believe in Jesus, the gospel, the good news. After you believe, then, then, then we really encourage, as the Bible does, for you to commit to a local church. Commit. Now, if you didn't listen to that message, I would really challenge you to go back and listen to it because a lot of believers have the idea that church membership is nowhere in the Bible. But the idea of church membership is implied and applied all through the New Testament. And I preached on that. And I even talked about some of the hesitations people had to join a church. They've been hurt in the past and that's valid. Um, They fear just the deeper level of commitment. That's I understand that. But but if you go back and listen to that, I think it'll help you take that step or at least be more open minded to it. And then there's connect. Last week we talked about that, that we don't just need to join a church to have our name on the roll. We need to get connected with other believers. Become friends with other believers. Do life together with other Christians. And we provide our connection group time as a means to that end at 945 on Sundays. Today we're on grow. Grow. We believe that, that if you get yourself under as much Bible preaching and teaching as you possibly can, then you will grow. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Spiritual growth is a result of you heeding, listening, heeding and obeying and applying God's word to your life. And, and, and the thing that we've, we've chosen to be the means through which you could grow and expedite that growth and speed up that growth and, and maximize your potential for growth is our evening services. Our evening services. Now, let me say a few things about our Sunday night and Wednesday night services by way of introduction. First, let me explain the history of the Sunday evening service in the church world, at least as I know it was able to research it. The Sunday service really grew in popularity during the agricultural phase of our history. Farmers had to work their land six days a week. Uh, but on Sunday, the, they would come to a morning service. Then they would stick around for dinner on the grounds, as they called it. And then they would have a second later afternoon service before returning home. Then during World War II, many men and women worked seven day weeks to meet the production needs of the war. And so this Sunday evening service allowed them to attend worship since they weren't able to come on Sunday morning due to their work schedule. Thus that service time grew in popularity. Then I found that some denominations and other church traditions focused on more than one service a week to provide some variety. One service would be focused on equipping believers and maybe another service would be focused on reaching the lost and maybe another service would focus on on ministering to the next generation. 
Thus, the Sunday evening service became distinctively different than the Sunday morning service, which caused many Christians and members to want to come to both. I know there's probably more history than that, but that's the basic, uh, the basics of the history as far as I know it. Now, as far as what the Bible says about it, well, it doesn't speak directly to how many services a church should have a week and what evenings of the week they should have their services necessarily. But the Bible does describe the early church as meeting frequently. In some places in Scripture, as we talked about last week, the early church met every single day. My, my point is not that we have to do everything like the early church did it because we live in a different time, which is why we don't have church every day of the week. My point is that the idea of assembling more than once a week is not a foreign concept. In the Bible, the principle of frequency and regularity when it comes to assembling as a church is very clear in Scripture. Now, when it comes to our church services here, I, I, I think each of them have some nuance to them that makes it worth coming to all three. The Sunday morning service, what we're in right now, there's connection groups, 945 to 1045. At 1045 uh, till about, I don't know, 230 or 3 o'clock. Uh, our, 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 we have kind of our traditional worship service, the one that most American Christians attend most naturally and frequently is that Sunday morning service. Our kids are getting ministered to all over the place. You might hear them scream because we frankly didn't insulate the walls good enough. Something that's in my vision to do in the next 10 years, but you might hear them scream. That's a good thing. Our kids are having fun learning about Jesus, being with other kids. And I love this time together. Our Sunday evening service, we do our children's choir rehearsals on Sunday afternoon between five and six, as well as our adult choir rehearsal at that time. Wasn't our choir a blessing today? Man, they work hard every Sunday and Wednesday night. At, at six o'clock, we, we have a normal worship service and a full preaching service. So, so in a lot of ways, it feels like a Sunday morning service, but a little bit different. We get done around 7.15 or so. What I really like about the Sunday evening service is that, is that it's the one service of the week where the entire family gets to be in church together. I like that. Of course, the nursery age kids are, are being watched, but everybody else gets to sit and worship together. And I like that. I like to look down preaching and see my 11-year-old son singing what I'm singing and, and, and listening to the preaching and sometimes coming to the altar himself in big church, as they call it. I like that. Wednesday evening start at 7. Everything ends at 8. In the auditorium, we have an adult Bible study class while kids of all ages up through the high school ages have their own services upstairs. That gives our children's ministries teams and, and our youth ministry team really some time to focus in on investing in the next generation of our church in a really fun way. They combine faith and fun on Wednesday nights. And the Bible study in, in the auditorium for, for adults is always really practical. Not too long ago, we talked about winning the war in your mind. Uh, just recently, we've talked about uh, fearing God more than you fear man. And then Brother David's about to start a study through the book of Esther, an exciting Old Testament narrative that the Wednesday night crowd will really benefit from. So every service is unique and has something to offer to everyone. And you might have this question at this point, why do you push the evening services so much? I mean, you, you could have chosen any other means, but, but you're putting something else on my schedule. And we live in a culture today that is more busy than maybe ever before in some ways. Why did you pick the evening service as a means to emphasize for our spiritual growth? I think that's a fair question. 
Especially if you don't come from a church culture that, that does any more than maybe a Sunday morning service. When the pastoral staff met two and a half years ago and began to pray through some of these things, we asked ourselves this question. In Fellowship Baptist Church, and in the history that we've seen it at least, I've been here 37 years, I, I, we asked each other, what is, what is the, the program in our church that, that seems to produce the most spiritual growth in people's life if they buy into it? How have we seen that repeated over time? And there's a lot of options, but we kept coming back to example after example after example of people that, that went from one Sunday to, to, to one Sunday a week to, to come in Sunday morning and Sunday night. Then they went from Sunday morning, Sunday night to attending Wednesday night. And there was just something so obvious about the compounding effect of attending church more frequently. And it started to click with us that nobody that comes to church Sunday night and Wednesday night is better than anybody that doesn't. But we've seen example after example of the more they expose themselves to the word of God, the more difference the word of God makes in their life. To be clear, and I, I know that, that when I'm preaching, sometimes I'm not seeking to be understood. I need to work really hard at not being misunderstood. And so I, I don't want to be misunderstood. I, I don't want you to think that I believe you have to go to a Sunday evening service in order to go to heaven. You don't have to attend one Sunday evening service to go to heaven. And I don't want you to think that if you join Fellowship Baptist Church, you have to come to an evening service to be a member of Fellowship Baptist Church. It's not in our handbook anywhere. That's not on my heart. But I do believe that you give yourself the best chance to grow as a follower of Christ when you attend church more frequently. That's what I want to press into today. Frequent church attendance and how that affects your spiritual growth. Three principles. These three principles are principles that you're already living out in your secular life. I guarantee it. I guarantee they're, 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 they're principles that you believe in and you, you might not even know that you believe in them and practice them every single day. I want to take what you're already practicing in, in your life every day. And I, I want to take those principles and apply them uh, to spiritual growth, specifically to church attendance. Here's the first principle, the principle of cause and effect. It teaches us that what you do is what you get. It's not rocket science. The person who eats healthy and exercises often will likely get a healthy body, not a Bible body. (laughs) The person who practices an instrument one hour per day will likely be highly proficient with that instrument. A person who saves and invests money to an IRA for three or four or five decades faithfully will likely get a large portfolio. <laughs> Some of the financial investors are amen in that. They'll give you an address to their office too. If that's true, then, then the Christian who goes to church services frequently, hears sermons frequently, exposes themselves to corporate worship, Frequently, fellowships with other believers at God's house, frequently, even three times a week, that Christian will likely experience spiritual growth. It's cause and effect. If cause and effect is true in every other area of your life, then it's true in in your spiritual life as well. And let me add on to that. It's not that just what you do is what you get. It's also true that the more you do, the more you get. The more you eat healthy, the more healthy you are. The more you practice, the more efficient you are. The more money you save, the more wealthy you are. The more you go to church the more you grow. 
I'd say it this way when it comes to church attendance. The more you go, the more you grow. Say it out loud with me. The more you go, the more you grow. Now, now it's important to understand that you don't grow just because you show up to church. It doesn't happen just because you walk into those wooden doors back there and sit down in a pew and are surrounded by believers. That, that doesn't mean you grow. It's what happens at church. It's what you're exposed to at church. It's your cooperation with the Holy Spirit while you're at church that brings growth. Just like someone can show up to a gym and never sweat once. You seen that guy? He's there because his business said, I'll pay for it. But you got to put in eight hours a week. And so he looks like he's going to work out. He looks in the mirror 48 times. But you never see him break a sweat. You can go to church and never break a sweat. There's a leadership coach that I'm friends with named Bill Cordes. And he, he's coined this acronym. It says this, Yogo Whippy. You only get out what you put in. That's true when it comes to church. You don't grow because you're here today. You give, your chance, you give yourself a chance to grow because you're here today. You give yourself a chance to grow when you come back to Sunday night and Wednesday night, but you only grow as you apply yourself. Think about everything that happens at church and think about if on any given Sunday or even three times a week, you, you, you yoga whippy, all of these things. Think about how your spiritual growth could just take off like corporate singing. How many were blessed by the corporate singing today? Even if you're not a singer. You know what corporate singing does? The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that we teach and admonish one another. It's an opportunity to grow, for your spirit to be refreshed, uh, refreshed to, to be reminded of what Christ did for you on the cross and his resurrection. Amen? Amen. Apply yourself to that time. Yoga with me. When you come to church, we pray. We don't just listen to people pray, we pray. You should frequent an altar. You should pray in your seat. You should have a spirit of prayer all day long in God's house. In our connection group times, we take sometimes 5, 10, 15 minutes to collect prayer requests. Apply yourself to that and watch how it grows you. You give in church, especially in Baptist churches. We have an offering every service. You know what giving does? It stretches you. You have to choose every week. Am I going to put God first or me first in my finances? You get an opportunity to grow, to rid yourself of selfishness and greediness and put God first every time you come to church. There's fellowship in church. Provoke one another love and good works. There's iron sharpening iron that's going on, but you have to make yourself available to people. There's communion. We do it twice a year. We'll do it more than that in the future. And in communion, it's a sanctifying ordinance. There's something special about coming together just solely for the purpose of remembering Christ's death, burial, and resurrection and looking forward to his return. It purifies your heart. There's the preaching of the word. As far as I can tell, every time you come to church uh, on a normal schedule, not a concert obviously, but every time there's gonna be the word of God opened and taught and preached. In fact, look at Psalms chapter one and, and, and look how this principle is, is fleshed out. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate, watch, day and night. There's frequency, frequency, regularity, over and over and over and over. And he, as a result, here's the effect, he, he shall be like a tree 
planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The more, the, the more you water the tree, the bigger it grows. That's the illustration. It's very simple. We understand that. And the, the more you expose yourself to God's word day and night, the more you give your, yourself opportunity for, for your roots to spread and to thicken and, and, and to grow and you be a strong nurse tree. That's the principle of cause and effect. What you do is what you get. The more you do, the more you get. Here's the second principle to think about. One that I already know you live by, the principle of priority importance. It teaches us that what you value most, you do first. If rest is important to you, you prioritize relaxation on your day off. If socializing is important to you, you prioritize time with people. If financial stability is important to you, you prioritize saving over spending. And it's the same for believers. If you value spiritual growth, you'll prioritize first what facilitates spiritual growth in your life. What is one of those things? Faithful church attendance. Frequent exposure to the preached word and fellowship with believers. Practically, prioritizing something means this, that we put it at the top of the list and then work everything else around it. Okay, for some, it's, it's your children that get to the top of the list. Everything works around your kiddos. For others, it's, it's their career that rules their schedule. For me, it's food. I don't miss a meal. Do you miss a meal? You're weird if you miss a meal. I work everything around my appetite. I wake up thinking about which Pop-Tart I'm going to have. I go to work and think about where am I going to eat lunch today? And then all afternoon, I'm thinking, what is Jenny making for supper? Right? It's the same for believers. If you value spiritual growth, if you prioritize it in your life, you'll find yourself starting to work things around it. Are you with me? You'll think about it. You'll be like, oh, there's a service tonight? Gotta go. It's another meal. Oh, they're serving the meal on Wednesday? I'm gonna be there. Oh, my kids can get a meal too when I go to church on Wednesday? I'm having them there. Prioritizing also means that you recognize the difference between what's important and what's most important. Right? For someone to make Sunday evening and Wednesday evening church attendance a priority, they've had to first recognize that while there are a lot of important things in their life that they could do on those evenings, the most important thing to their spiritual growth is church. They've had to realize that first. And that's up to every individual believer. We'll talk about it in a moment. I can't make you realize that or believe that. They've recognized that exposing themselves to the preaching of the word, to fellowship with other believers, to corporate worship and service opportunities frequently is what's most important in their walk with God. To illustrate this out of the Bible, there's this short story in the Bible of two sisters, Mary and Martha, Luke chapter 10. And, and they're going about just a normal day until a guest shows up and it's Jesus. And he's got his disciples with him and they're passing through. And, and, and those two ladies had a decision to make in that moment. What are we going to do with the son of God that's sitting in our living room right now? Well, they both had two different choices because they both had two different priorities. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered to a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Very hos hospitable woman. She had a sister called Mary. Watch what she did. She sat at Jesus's feet and what? Heard his word. But Martha was cumbered, 
has the idea of being distracted, overloaded, about much serving and came to him, came to Jesus, poked her head out of the kitchen. Said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? She's sitting on her blessed assurance out there. <laughs> Bid her therefore that she help me. Tell her to get in here and help me. How would Jesus respond to that? Because at the end of the day, Jesus' opinion of what is most important should be our opinion of what is most important. So look what Jesus said. Verse 41. Put up that next verse, Bryce. Do you have it? You don't have it? That's too bad. I'm going to read it to you. Hold on just a second. And Jesus answered and said unto her. You know, Martha just got onto Jesus. Martha, Martha. Said her name twice. That's never good. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Are you getting this? Jesus said, you're over here throwing a fit. And I'm not going to rebuke you for what you're doing. What you're doing is great. But you just didn't put it in the right order. Mary put it in the right order. She realized this. I should worship Jesus before I work for Jesus. I should spend time with Jesus before I do anything for Jesus. I sh it's not every day the Son of God shows up in your living room. And so instead of fixing him roasts and potatoes and carrots, I'm just going to sit at his feet and listen to what he has to say first. The priority of importance. And, and, and listen, that's where you have to come in your life. If you are, are going to expedite that growth, then you have to decide this. What's most important to Jesus is going to be what's most important to me. I will expose me, my family, and my kids to the word of God as much as I possibly can. Because that's what should be the priority. Now, here's what that will require. Listen closely. It will require saying no to what's important. And saying yes to what's most important. That's called the greater yes. Life, especially the Christian life, isn't always about saying yes to good things and no to bad things. You know what the Christian life is about most often? Saying no to good things. So you can say yes to the best things. Stephen Covey said it this way. You have to decide what your highest priorities are and have the courage to say no to other things. And the way you do that is by having a bigger yes burning inside. Mary said no to what she could do for Jesus so that she could say yes to what she could do with Jesus. And the greater yes burning inside of her heart was hearing God's word. And that gave her the courage to resist the urge to take care of Jesus and just be in his presence. The only way you're going to say no to the good things and important things that you've always prioritized in your life on Sunday and Wednesday nights is because God begins to work in you a greater yes. And it involves your spiritual growth. That leads me to the last principle and I'll hasten to a close. The principle of belief and behavior. It teaches us that what you believe is how you behave. See, ultimately what drives your decisions, what determines your priorities 
is what you really believe on the inside. We call these beliefs convictions, things you're convinced about. I'll give you an extreme example. Probably, well, it is a negative example, but a good one to prove this principle is true. And it's what happened at our nation's Capitol building on January 6, 2021. You remember that? A mob of about 2,500 people broke the law. They broke the law. They stormed the Capitol building and destroyed public property. It was crazy. Not because they just wanted something fun to do because they were bored. Why would they do that? Because they had a certain belief. Conviction in their heart that led to them to such extreme behavior. On 9-11, those terrorists got in those jets knowing that that was, this is their last day on earth and killed all these thousands of innocent people. Why would someone do that? Because they were convinced about something and your belief affects your behavior. At age 21, I sat in a, in a class at Bible college and it was called personal finance. And, and the executive vice president of the college was teaching the class. And he introduced me for the first time in my life as a, as a 21-year-old kid. Introduced me to the idea of a Roth IRA. Preparing for retirement. Listen, 21-year-old kid, I ain't thinking about retirement. And he introduced me to that idea and said, you can start really small and just be faithful. And then he showed us like these graphs. If you'll do this every day from like 21 to whatever, 65, you'll be like a multimillionaire. I said, okay, I'm interested in that. And so I called my dad and said, hey, can I do this? Can we take some money out of my, my savings account and start? They said, yeah, we'll do it today. I'll connect you with, with my guy and we'll, we'll get it going. And, and ever since age 21, I've never missed a single monthly payment in my IRA. And, and the reason why is because sitting in that class that day, I was absolutely convinced that I need to sacrifice some things now so I can enjoy a lot of things later. I, I, made, a, I made a commitment in my heart that, that should I die, I need to have things like squared away from my wife and take care of her. Like I was convinced of that from his class. I'm not saying you have to be convinced of that. I'm using an example, a personal example. Like that's the only reason why I would do that because belief affects behavior. Why would someone come on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and it's never been part of their life? Never, it's, never even been, it's never even been stressed or emphasized in their life. It's like a foreign concept. Well, because at some point you begin to have that greater yes burning inside. And, and it's not that what you normally do is unimportant. It's just that, that God has convinced you and it has to be God. I can't do it. I can't give you a sales pitch. I can't convince you of it. That's not my purpose today. It has to be God that says, you know what? Your family needs church. And they need it as much as possible. And I'm not saying that this decision to come three times a week happens overnight. Listen, it doesn't. And I understand that for some, it might never be a reality because they're shift work and, and, and they're scheduling things. And, and listen, I, I'm, I'm not being unfair this morning. I don't want to come across that way. But if you can, I really believe you should. I believe there's something to be said about coming more frequently. How, how am I going to do it? You got to believe it. Because it's a sacrifice, man. It's a sacrifice. When you're used to sitting at home on Sunday and watching football, whew, and then you're going to leave a game and come here, that is hard to start that habit. I've watched it. I've watched it my whole life. I've been in the ministry 16 years. And to see someone reprioritize their whole evening schedule twice a week, that is tough. It's tough. 
I want to be patient with that, understanding with that. But I, I, I also don't want to shy away from saying you really should consider it. I've watched it transform people's life to be here more frequently. People get more connected with other people. They get more connected with the church. Just an amazing, amazing thing. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where this is found in the Bible and I'll watch a video when we'll be done today. In John chapter six, you don't have to put these verses up there. Bryce, I just want to tell the story. Jesus fed 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch. You know how that went. And then when he left that place, all these people followed him. And you know, Jesus knows the heart. And so like if Jesus was preaching today, he would say a lot of things I didn't say because he'd know exactly what you're thinking. And that's what he did with people. Like he had a huge advantage as a preacher. He's like, ooh, I know what you're thinking. I'm going to address that. Did that with the Pharisees all the time. Did that with these people. He knew that they were following him just for the magic show and the entertainment and the miracle. He wanted their, they wanted Jesus to meet their needs, but they didn't want to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And so Jesus said, okay, I'm going to clear off a spot right now and tell them before I do any more magic shows or any more tricks with little boys lunches. I want to tell them what I'm all about because if they're going to follow me. They need to follow me because I'm the son of God, not because of what I can do for them. And so he did. He cleared off a spot. Talked to him about that. The Bible says that when many heard that, didn't say a few, it said when many heard that, they, they walked away. They couldn't take it. They're like, oh boy, that's not what I signed up for. I'll come to church every once in a while, I'll do the church thing, but I didn't sign up for this whole like life commitment thing. And so, nah, I'm gone. Many walked and they, the Bible says they did not follow him anymore. And so he turned to his original 12 disciples, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Bartholomew, uh, you know those guys. He looked at them and he said, you going to go too? You going to go too? And Peter looked back at Jesus and he said, nope. And he asked him a question. Where are we going to go? You are the son of the living God and you have the words of eternal life. That's what he said. In other words, here's what Peter said. There's no other alternative worth pursuing. Even if life gets hard, because you are better than anything we'd go to. What, what conclusion did he come to? When everybody else was walking away, when the Christian life required more commitment than maybe they expected. Here's what Peter said. I believe you're God and belief affects behavior. I will do first what I value most. It's a priority. I can't give you a sales pitch today. I don't even want to try to do so. The Holy Spirit was a He's good at that. So let him do his work. But at the end of the day, as a preacher of the gospel, I I just want to encourage you that as we get closer and closer and closer to the day of Christ, we need to be getting closer and closer and closer to Christ. Preparing ourselves for judgment day. And Hebrews 10 says we do that by assembling together, provoking one another to love and good works. We prepare each other to see Christ. And it says that you should do it more and more and more as the day approaches. So if you're a fellowship family member already and you used to be faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, could I encourage you as your pastor, get back to that. Get back to that. You got out of the habit. I I get that. But get back to it. Start again this year. Start again. It's never too late to do the right thing. Start again. Just start again. If you're a fellowship member, maybe a newer member or been here several years, like, man, I just never quite taken that. Would you consider that? Would you consider that today? 
If you're a guest and you're like, yep, not coming back to that church. <laughs> they must keep attendance there. No, we don't keep attendance. We don't know if you're back on Sunday night or whatever. We keep overall numbers, but we don't know who came, who didn't. So I, I hope that didn't scare you away. I just hope that, that, that you understand the culture here that I want to create is one of very, very serious commitment to Christ. And one that says, you know what? If, if the doors are open and we can be there, we're healthy and, and, and we're able to do it, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. Our kids are going to be there. That's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of culture I want at our church. So look at these three principles again and then we'll watch a video. Put those up there. What you do is what you get. What you value most, you do first. What you believe is how you behave. You, you understand that every day you, you apply those principles in your life every day. You live them. So if you can live them in your secular life, I believe you should live them in your spiritual life. You agree with God's word? Say amen. amen. Uh, Frank and, and Connie Friesen joined our church last year. And uh, they have become a vital part of our services. And uh, they want to give a testimony. And we asked them to give a testimony and they agreed to do so by way of video of what coming to three services a week does for them and their kiddos. Sweet family. I hope if you haven't met them, you'll take time to meet them. But be introduced to them in this video. It'll, it'll help you. I heard about Fellowship Baptist, oh, well, I guess I should say I saw it uh, before I heard about it. I grew up here in the area and just driving through Liberal, I remember as a little kid coming to Food Bonanza and then it became, I think, Econo Foods and then it was empty. And then uh, after a few years, I saw that there was something being done and it turned into a church. I didn't know anything about the church. My sister was looking for a church to join or be a part of. And <clears throat> she came here first. So we came a few times too. We, had, we were members at a different church, but we were looking for something else. Okay, we started attending right after the COVID lockdown. We, we watched a few live streams during the, the lockdown, but I think it was, was it July of 2020? We had decided right away that if we're gonna come, we're gonna make sure that we go to each service, see what each one is about, and, uh, and get the feel of the church, see what, what the goals were here for God's kingdom. We started attending the evening services in the fall of 2021. We had decided that we need that connection. Um, we really, on Sunday mornings, it seems like everybody has a place to go after the service, and we really wanted to connect well with the with the people. One reason that, uh, for sure, for me, that makes made it harder to attend evening services is just uh, the type of work I do. We have really long hours in the summer. I mean, we're out in the field, and uh, it was hard to get myself to want to leave that and come to church longer ago. But uh, the more I come, the more I feel like, well, there's just something missing if I don't come on, on, in the evenings, Wednesdays or Sundays. Um, of course, I'm not out in the field on Sundays, Sunday evenings usually, but Wednesday night, it was hard to do that. The church she grew up in had evening services, and I think even some Wednesday night services when you were younger, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I was a little jealous, you know, I had never gone to a church where there were evening services, and I, I wanted to know what it was all about. It was, one thing that I like about it is, um, like Connie said, getting an 
I like going through the Bible in order, then you just can't avoid topics you don't want to talk about. And you learn so much more uh, instead of repeating, you know, naturally we tend to go towards the things that we're the most familiar with and that are the easiest for us. So getting out of that rut really helped and that it was a whole different series. That's nice than what is taught on, on Sunday morning. I really enjoy that too. Just because there's so many parts of the Bible and they all interweave to create the one, one true story. One thing that I, I've noticed with our family since we've started attending church more often is that the children are really excited about coming. Yeah. Um, they really appreciate their teachers and they pray for Miss Amy. She's, um, they miss her when she's not there. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about their teachers. They learn a lot from them. Um, now Wilma's in Brother Ed and Miss Mary's class and she's always coming home telling us what she's learned and Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had a lot of discussions about um, what it's like to be a Christian and they, they think of themselves as members of this church. They both took the Lord's Supper. It's, it's really good to just to have that connection, be a family in, in corporate worship. Because, you know, we have our, our worship times together as a family at home, but they really need to see that from other people and with other with their friends and with other adults yeah i think that definitely getting them inculcated i think that's the word i'm looking for in what a church really is like the community inside a church and that this is a a place where we learn but we're also helping each other if you think that Sunday morning is enough for you, that you don't need to come to church any other time, um, I would say think again because you have, you can read your own Bible and you can pray and you can worship at home, but when you are in a group of people, of um, corporate worship, uh, people that love the Lord, that that believe in Him, um, there's just something about the spirit that moves when we are together. I have a, a cousin who, um, who married a man from Nigeria, and one, one time he was, he was sitting, we were in, at a family gathering, we were all singing together in different, like, four-part harmony, and he, he got really excited. He's like, um, he was just really, really enjoying this. He said, we have a saying in Nigeria, when, when God's people pray, he listens. But when God's people sing, he moves. And I just, when we're together in church and we sing and we worship together and we listen to more teaching, there's just a, a growth that happens that I don't believe, I don't believe it happens quite the same in, on a Sunday morning. Um, I mean, of course it is, it's a Sunday morning, but you want, you want to add to your, add to your knowledge and add to your. Um, if you want to grow, then you need more come. water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Water your plants if you want them to grow. Yeah. yeah. That just kind of puts the cookies on the bottom shelf, doesn't it? You want to grow? 
Water the plant. The more water, the more growth. The more you go, the more you grow. I just want to encourage you today. That, that was what's on my heart today. We're not going to do a formal invitation. I just want you to consider what we talked about. I want you to pray about it throughout the week. I want you to process it. If you have questions about it, questions about it, um, get, get answers. Let, let me answer those questions. And, and uh, you have concerns about it. Maybe something would have been misunderstood today unintentionally. I, I hope that you'll give me a chance to, to speak to that and share my heart with you. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I, I am so thankful that, that on Wednesdays, uh, well, last Wednesday, 301 were in our building on an evening service, midweek service. I love that. Sunday nights, it's, it's 265, 266 people every Sunday night that, that come back for Sunday night service. And uh, to give you perspective, we have about 450 um, that come on a Sunday morning. So I'd love to see that, that Sunday night attendance grow. And I'm, I'm, I've been praying all week, we'll continue to pray, that God would, would start burning in some people's hearts that greater yes. And, and that he would convince you that, that it's really worth uh, being here more frequently. I love you, church.